I'm riding down Elvis Presley Boulevard. I'm riding down Elvis Presley Boulevard. Got the dog boot, the soft nigga in the heart. You could tell them crackers, they can go and get the dogs. I'm riding down Elvis Presley Boulevard. Riding down Elvis Presley Boulevard. Got the boy, got the girl, and I got the heart. Tell them pussy crackers, they could bring the dogs. I got Priscilla. And welcome back to a spanking new EPB broadcast episode. This is serial number 18. And we are glad to be in the house in the year of 2016. Hey! 2016. We made it. Yeah, <laughs> new year, new podcast. Right. New podcast. Who this? <laughs> right. So we are here in the house and ready to just get back to it. We have had a great time all. I, I, you know, I, I'm speaking for myself as well as everyone else. <laughs> your Christmas was wonderful. That your Hanukkah was wonderful. That your Boxing Day was okay. <laughs> your Got Fox Day. Yeah, all that good stuff. And we're in the new year and we're just waiting to get started. But before we do that, we want to just jump in, you know, see how everybody's holiday was. You know, because we haven't seen each other in a minute. So we go uh start with Ted over mm-hmm. here. How you doing, boo? Great. 2016, uh, uh, open to my 2016, I spent uh, New Year's in Times Square watching the ball drop, which I will never do again. <laughs> um, I checked the temperature before I left, said it's going to be about 40 degrees. I was like, man, we're going to be straight. Because normally it's like 15 degrees outside. But nobody told me about those wind tunnels that they come around those corners. That wind was unreal. Unreal. Eight hours of standing in the cold and you cannot pee. That is not the life. Mm-hmm. And that's not the life for me, so. But it was something I can say I did. I experienced it. Absolutely. Check it out. On to the next thing. All right, then. All right, then, Bridget. How you doing, boo? Man, look. I'm about to go buy me a Powerball ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that joint is $1.3 billion, dog. With a B. Billion. Good Lord. So, um, but yeah, we, I'm, I'm straight. You're new me, I guess. I I'm, guess. Um, and I've been imagining what I could do with all that money, but ask me, have I bought a ticket? Mm. I, I bought five. How about five? And I'm about to buy five more. I mean, I'm this on time I play, so it's ridiculous like this. Yeah, it's going to Maybe I win three dollars. Um, three dollars back. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing good, doing good. So, you know, back back in the house of, well, I was gonna say the house of the Lord, but back in Houston. Um, yeah, I was in Memphis for Christmas, and you know, I ate some ate some uh, good barbecue and. Had some good drinks and you know, real good time with the family. Um, you know, so that was always good. And you know, just back here chilling now. Back to the back to the grind. Soccer season is about to start up, and uh, you know, got some other other media stuff on the side going on. And uh, now I'm just back to it now. So okay, 
Back to life. Back to reality. <laughs> Man. And now I need to put the fear of God in some people, so. It sounds like it's now, like it's lit. Well, what we gonna do is just jump to our first break. <laughs> Maybe you can negotiate with them. Can't negotiate with man. Man, what? We'll be. What you finna say? Nothing. I just, I'm just getting this belt off real quick. That's what I'm about to. It's about to be some, some consequences and repercussions. Sound like you gonna be ready for the barbecue pit? Would you be right after this? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Brass and girls everywhere. Titty ass, hands in the air. Somebody over here. Shaking for the man of the year. Oh, met man of the year. Met man of the bounce. Brass and girls everywhere. Titty ass, hands in the air. Somebody over here. Shaking for the man of the year. Oh, met man of the year. Met man of the bounce. Brass and girls everywhere. Titty ass, hands in the air. Somebody over here. Shaking for the man of the year. Oh, met man of the year. Met man of the bounce. Home of the party in the trees. Sunny let land of the G. Everywhere, to the ass, hands in the air, somebody over here, shaking for the man. 
welcome back. This is episode number 18 of the EPV podcast. And our first um, segment, the barbecue pit. Oh, my God. Bill Cosby. Uh, we have had him on the barbecue pit before. Um, I think, what, once before, twice before? Well, anyway, uh, however many times we've had him before, he's on there again today. So, um, as of course, we have been. Um, on hiatus for a little bit because of the holiday so bill cosby got arrested uh on charges stemming from a 2004 incident in which he gave a deposition for in 2005 um in the state of pennsylvania uh he is facing a pre-trial hearing on february the 2nd which was been moved back from from january the 14th um and of course in the meantime we've had to court of public opinion which is pretty much convicted him but um you know which i don't disagree with at all i think he did the shit but whatever uh we'll get everybody's thoughts in a second uh, a couple of things that have come out since uh since his arrest uh one there has been some movement um on whether or not to revoke his presidential medal of freedom that he received back in 2002 uh currently there's no there's been no precedent for uh a removal of such an honor um but however um the white house has said that they are not discounting that right now so uh, of course, they're working with Congress on, you know, figuring out what to do on that. Uh, and then also Bill Cosby's lawyer um, or head attorney is a lady by the name of Monique Presley, who has been making the rounds. Uh, lately, she's been getting uh, coming under some scrutiny. Uh, she's actually from Galveston, Texas. So um, but anyway, so let's I guess let's just kick it, kick it around. Let's get everybody's thoughts on, uh, on Mr. Bill Cosby. Uh, Nisha, what do you got? <clears throat> First off, Monique is day, okay? I'm sorry. She is smart, she is quick-witted, and she knows the law. And I'm just here for it. She's smart. I'm, I don't... This is the point that people don't understand with the law and with justice, I'm using air quotes, justice, is that there are certain, you know, legalities and things that you have to consider. You have to prove within reason, you know, certain charges that are brought against someone. And she's smart. She knows the law. She is tooth and nail going to fight for him regardless of whether he's guilty or innocent. And that's the thing people don't understand. It's not necessarily whether you're um, your person or who, what do you call them? Why does that escape me? No, your um, your client. Whether your client is guilty or innocent, that's not what their job is to do. A lawyer's job is to defend based on the legal system and based on the rules and parameters of the legal system. She's good. She is like damn good. Like she's already, you know, you've already seen some instances, and of course, I had to do some fact check to see whether it's true. Um, some cases that have already been dismissed. There have been um, some of the um, charges that are some of the, um, yeah, those have been, like I said, those have been dismissed. We've also found that some people have lied, saying that they were attacked or assaulted by Bill Cosby. We found those to not be true. So, and I just think that throws a monkey wrench because what happens to the people that were actually victimized by Bill Cosby? I can't say whether or not those stories are true or not. Or I don't think that because one lied, that office home necessarily means that everyone else lied. Like, you don't, you can't look at it like that. 
and it's also it's been conflicting for me like I have to think about it in terms of and I was telling my husband this I was like I remember I went to one of those ghetto elementary schools you know Memphis City school system back when Willie Harrington was superintendent best times <laughs> But um, I remember when it would come around time for Black History Month and they would put these little posters up of like your super black influence. You know, you see Arthur Ashe, you see Stevie Wonder and you see William H. Cosby. And that to me was just he was just the epitome of our culture. He stood for, you know, goodness and virtue. And, and, and of course, like I said, that's something you have to learn how to differentiate, too. And I've seen people say Cliff Huxville is not Bill Cosby. Of course he's not. But... In the section of things, I don't know Bill Cosby. I don't know anything about him. I don't really want to know anything about him. But I just think that everything that he's worked for, I feel like we pick and choose how we deal with people. And to just drag this man for the filth, and I'm not saying that he's innocent. I don't want that to be taken into consideration. I just, or taken to that account to say that I'm saying he's completely innocent. It's just that the things that he worked for, the things that he represented back then, I, I just don't see what taking that away is going to do. Who is that really going to help your victims? Is that going to help with the victim shaming that they've been receiving? Is that going to help get to the root of um, just how our culture views uh, sexual assault, rape? I mean, I, it just, I don't think taking his star off the walk of fame you know stop syndicating the Cosby show different world anything that he's been associated with you know Spellman or Temple getting off the board I mean they didn't give him back his money I'm just saying it's just if, if nothing else that's just for your benefit or when I say your benefit I mean your benefit as the culture or the society that just wants to see him hung at the stake I just don't think that's relevant. I just think what's relevant is that if he is guilty, he's going to be found guilty. And that's just, that's the, you know, that's prosecutions. That's that's what you're supposed to do. You just got to prove beyond a shadow of doubt that he is guilty. So that's just how I feel. I'm, I'm, I'm not indifferent. It's just, it's a lot deeper than just saying, I'm a fucking dead end. I can't, you know, I just, I can't, mm -mm. Bridget, what you got? Um, <laughs> I just remember the the first episode. I went in on Bill Cosby pretty hard, and to be honest, I'm still shocked that he's still alive. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I did not see him making it out of 2015. Um, but he's still here. Um, and I especially didn't expect him to get arrested um, the beginning of this year. And to be to be honest with you, I'm kind of tired of talking about. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about Bill Cosby. I'm tired of people talking about he tried to buy NBC, and this is why people are coming after him. Which is a lie. Lord, mercy, Jesus, where did y'all get this shit from? Um, if I win the lottery. I, and then I'm buying all of NBC, CBS. But anyway, <laughs> we're getting off topic. But um, I mean, I'm able to distinguish the good that Dr. Cosby has done and also the bad things 
that he has done. I'm with Joe. I think he did some of those things. He admitted to doing some of those things. Um, so that's where I am with it. I'm just like, he, he did the shit. So, <laughs> and as far as what's going on, I mean, the recent arrest, we'll see what happens. I mean, he hired a good ass lawyer. Miss um, Presley is sharp as a tech. I saw her, um, she did the interview with the, uh, what's the late guy name from Huffington Post? Not this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, she been tearing everybody ass. So she, she's sharp. Um, I see a lot of people are not good with her because she's defending him. I mean, that's what the fuck she's supposed to do. She's his client. I mean, come on, y'all. Y'all think she just gonna take the case and be like, oh, yeah, he did it. I mean, she's supposed to prove that he didn't. So, I mean, but she's sharp. We'll see how it goes. Um, like I said, we'll see if he makes it through. <laughs> we'll see if he makes it through 2016. Um, but, I mean, like I said, I'm able to distinguish, you know, the good he's done and also the bad he's done and still say the Cosby show is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. It's the goat to me. Um, all this nonsense about people saying that the show is no longer good because of what he has done. I'm like, y'all, come on, come on. We haven't had a whole lot of terrible people do some good ass shit and make good music and do good art. Good Lord, man. I mean, just calm your ass down. Jesus Christ. And no, he didn't try to buy NBC. Stop this shit. Stop that lie. Stop it. Stop it. He didn't do it. Good Lord. Shit is not true. He was rich as a motherfucker, but he did not try to buy NBC. It's not true. God. No, hoes don't tell. No. Stop it. God bless. Go ahead, Ted. So my stance on Bill Cosby has not changed, and I still don't fool Bill Cosby. <laughs> I don't care if he did it or not. I'm oh, like, yeah, I'm, like I'm, I'm like a little Chinese dude in Karate Kid Part Two when he was like, "You are dead to me." <laughs> <laughs> and we told him, "Oh, <laughs> that's me." I'm, I, I I don't care if he's done it or not. I, I don't I don't like him. Uh, he fell out of favor with me a long time ago. I'm gonna read something real quick. This is uh from uh one of his one of his many rants about the black community. But he said uh he said they're standing on the corner and they can't even speak English. I can't even talk the way these, these people talk. Why you ain't? Where you is? What he drive? Where he stay? Where he work? What you be? Am I am I blamed? No, he said and I blamed the kid until I heard his mother talk and then I heard his father talk. Everybody knows it's important to speak English except these knuckleheads. You can't be a doctor with that kind of crap coming out of your mouth. Now, my thing is, your celebrity and fame doesn't allow you uh, the privilege to ignore systematic racism. These kids are growing up in underprivileged communities, man. And a lot of these issues uh, stem from uh, things that they can't control. You can't control that you're born into a neighborhood uh, where your parents can't find a decent job, where there's a liquor store in every corner, where there's a chick catching place on every other corner. You know, those things you can't control. That's systematic racism. You go to a white neighborhood, you don't see that. 
and it's not because these people don't want to open up these places in those neighborhoods. It's because white people won't allow them. They send them to the black community. And so systematic racism just puts our kids in a position where they're already playing behind, two steps behind the competition. So yeah, they're, they're going to talk a little different. And, and, and they may not be as, as intelligent or as bright as the next kid, you know, uh, or they may not speak the king's English. But when you finish, it's not their fault. All we can do is try to support them and get them the help they need and get them, get them to, to where they need to be. But to sit and to ju pass judgment on these people, that just doesn't sit well with me. I, I don't like it. It's stupid. I mean, you know, yes, you came up in a time where you, you faced a lot of adversity and racism as well. And you made it out. Big deal. There's a, a, another billion people who probably didn't make it to the position you are right now. A lot of a couple billion people who struggled and didn't make it. Um, I talked to a friend's dad. He grew up around that time, and, and you know he uh, he went to Vietnam and fought in the war. But he always talks about how when he came back, how hard it was for black people. You know, it's always been hard for minorities. So don't sit there and act like they 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 got it easy and they shouldn't be doing certain things. It's just the way the world is set up, and they can't control that. It's the world that they're born into. So again, Mr. Bill, I don't care if you did it or not. They, they, they can take you to the old folks' home and let you ride in the room by yourself. I'm yeah, good. Damn. I mean, look, <laughs> you, you're already blind. <laughs> Bet you didn't see that coming. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I laughed my ass out when they were escorting his ass to the car and he tripped <laughs> with the cane. I, and I just, I, I feel like my petty award for 2016 finna go to Ted in a minute. <laughs> I mean, y'all pretty much, you know, besides uh, Bill Cosby going to Shady Pines, I guess, you know, um, I mean, I mean y'all pretty much, you know, wrapped up everything I was gonna say. Yeah, I guess Bridget though, to your point, you were talking about you were you were surprised that he uh he survived. Uh he ain't you know, he ain't six feet under by now. You gotta understand, I mean keep in mind Bill Cosby is an omega. You know, so I mean he 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 been through some he seen some rivers before in his day, so you know, so I ain't I ain't surprised that he you know he's still living. So but he ain't seen this shit now. Oh well, I mean that was you know that was what 50, 60 years ago. So I mean you know I mean muscle memory you know you lose that shit, but um but um but you know it, it's his time and I'm not. What kills me is people. To, I guess the Bridget, we were talking about this on Twitter uh, two weeks ago, uh, or I guess a week ago, however long it was. Shit, it's all runs together. But we were talking about folks, you know, saying how uh, how the Cosby Show wasn't all lit. And I'm sitting up here, like you know, like folks weren't wearing Gordon Gartrell shirts for Halloween, you know, or you know how or, you know family reunion t uh, time and you know grandma's birthday and. You know, everybody's singing James Brown or, you know, whatever. So, you know, it, it's just, yeah, people, I understand some of the reaction, but some of the reaction is just stupid. You know, it's like, come on, people, just just chill out. You know, you can separate the man from the character. It's okay. You know, um, 
you know, Leonard Par Six wasn't real. So just just calm the hell down. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, so just put the lobsters away and calm down. It, it's good. But um, you know, we're of course we're gonna keep eye out on this case. We'll see what what happens with it. But um, it, it, it's gonna be 2016, especially with Bill Cosby, is gonna be a gonna be a uh, an eventful year to say the least. So any last thoughts, guys? I just uh, want to give the MVP award to Camille, uh, Camille Cosby. I don't know if she's an MVP or just stupid, but I mean, I think it's a combination of the two. Yeah, I know, but I guess you do somebody that long, you got to acknowledge him. It's ride or die. She probably waiting on his ass to die. Too. I was going to say closer to the death. Huh? She's like, well, what the hell? I just stayed with him this long, so I might as well. Wait a little bit longer. Cash on that. I know he got that good insurance policy. Man, she damn right. <laughs> she better go find her. She better go to cop on and get her groove back in. <laughs> find her young Tay Diggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's hoping don't be gay. Yeah, she is still nice looking. God damn it. Did you say I hope he don't be gay? Yeah, you know, Terry did it on the real life and oh, do it. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> damn. I feel like I just brought the whole vibe. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. I mean, I, I was thinking it, but I wasn't going to say it, so. Well, fuck y'all. <laughs> she had to deal with her philandering husband, then she pick up a gay dude. <laughs> her life. Guess the odds of it. I'm just, I'm sorry. She might have been getting a little... Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't see why not. I, I. I think that they probably came to an agreement. Mm. <laughs> Maybe she was just a little more discreet with hers because mm. niggas don't know when they get a little feeling and they like to stretch their chest out. <laughs> and, so. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> we'll be back with our next segment. <laughs>
For the second segment, this is uh, Mr. Pride Car, wa- car Wash. Um, today's topic is that of Tamir Rice and brother LeBron James. Um, so I'm sure everyone's uh, familiar with Tamir Rice by now. He's been plastered all of the news. He was a young black kid who was shot and killed uh, when his pellet gun was mistaken for a real gun. And um, there's been, of course, an outcry uh, by the black community about police violence and the inability, inability to properly police black communities. But uh, here recently, Tamir's mother, Samaria Rice, joined in a, a 
large number of people who've been calling for LeBron James to come out and speak on this situation, which I find to be interesting, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but just to run down a few things, uh, Tamir Rice was shot back on November 22nd, 2014. Um, they mistook, mistook his pellet gun for a actual gun. And so on the 28th of December, uh, the grand jury decided not to indict the police officer who shot Tamir Rice. Um, so now people have been uh, calling for LeBron James to come forward and speak on behalf of Tamir Rice being shot. And essentially LeBron is saying, look, I don't know anything about the situation. I haven't been keeping up with it, so I don't feel comfortable speaking on it. But I guess the bigger issue that we're gonna talk about today is, is it his job to actually come out and say something? And if it is, how do we feel about him not saying anything at all? Um, I'm gonna swing it to Joel. Joel, I'm gonna let you go first. I know we uh, normally let the ladies go first. We're going to be some Negroes today. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> All right. Well, let me put my whole tap on. Hat on there. Uh, no, um, I'm kind of conflicted uh, a little bit because there's two things. One, you know, LeBron has spoke out on issues before, um, you know, when it comes to social issues. Um, you know, I, I remember the uh the eric gardner situation and him wearing the i can't breathe shirts and um what some people don't realize is that uh him uh chris paul and there was a one other player but they're the ones that basically spearheaded that whole campaign of all the guys wearing t-shirts so uh so lebron will speak out on issues if he sees that you know that there's a need to speak out on it but then also um with me having to have an encounter LeBron James. LeBron James is, I'm not to say that he's not, he's a robot, but he's really, really calculated, I guess to say. He, he analyzes everything. Um, you know, um, when I've gone to uh, cover Rockets games and uh, either Miami, well, I haven't covered him since he's been back in Cleveland, but when he was with Miami, you know, he would come to town and, you know, media would ask him questions and, he would pause and kind of, you know, he pause and hesitate just a little bit before he actually would answer the questions. So, and it's not that he's, it's not that he's trying to give off like a fake answer. It's just more or less he's just kind of, you know, analyzing it and not just just speaking straight off the cuff. So, uh, I say that to say that, and and basketball players, especially in season, it's not uncommon for these guys to just be like really, really insular uh, about certain things. Um, you know, because they're focused on really just, you know, basketball and taking care of their families or whatever. Uh, I know the Eric Gardner situation was a little different. Here's where here's where I'm kind of conflicted on, though. It happened in Cleveland, you know, and it's not, and, and I'm sure that, you know, it's been plastered out. As much as we hear about it in the on the national side of things, I'm pretty sure that the Cleveland media has, you know, been on top of this case as well. So, um, but then we get the question of, okay, is it LeBron's responsibility to be speaking out on, on, on such things like this? And what could LeBron James do? I mean, you know, could he influence or potentially influence a jury to, uh, you know, uh, pass, get an indictment on this guy? I mean, what can, what can happen? So, I mean, there's a lot of questions. Uh, and like I said, I'm just kind of conflicted on it, but I guess at the and my thing is at the end of the day, um, I'm more worried about what I'm more worried about what everybody else is doing in the situation more than LeBron James. Like I'm worried about more about, 
you know, how the people of Cleveland are reacting, you know, are they standing together and, you know, um, you know, are they protesting peacefully? What are they doing? Uh, I'm more worried about, you know, did the prosecution even try to get an indictment? Because the, the saying goes is that you can indict, get an indictment on a ham sandwich, you know, so if you get an indictment on a ham sandwich, surely you can get one on, you know, on this officer. So, I mean, there's a lot more people I'm more concerned about with in this Tamir Rice situation than I am about LeBron James. So, uh, this is, those are just my thoughts. What about you? I'm with Joe. Um, I, I remembered him doing um, the Eric Garner thing. He also did the uh, the Instagram post of the picture he did for Trayvon. Um, but this particular um, case, I don't think he has to. Um, speak out on, you know, what happened. Maybe um, Samir's mom feels left out because he did speak out on those two cases. I don't know. Um, but I don't I don't think he misses his job to necessarily do that. And I think we put so much pressure on um, stars or whoever, like athletes, <clears throat> um, our art, you know, our favorite artists to speak out on certain things, and then when they speak out, <laughs> they say something stupid, and then we get <laughs> we get in a big heated discussion, and we're pissed about what they had to say um, on those particular things. So, um, I, I and I'm not sure what he was supposed to do at this point either. Um, did she say she wanted him to speak out after? What happened, or did she want him to speak out just in general? Period. I can't remember. Um, but after the point, I mean, after we found out that the the cop wasn't going to be indicted, I'm not sure what he was supposed to do at that point. So I don't know. I mean, it would be nice if he did, but I'm not holding it against him if he doesn't. So, Anisha. Um, okay, so what I took from it was that they necessarily, they wanted him to like protest by not playing and that to me was a bit drastic to ask of someone to do to speak out. I do understand why they would assume that LeBron should speak out, one at your hometown. This child is actually close in age to his oldest son. His oldest son is 11. You know, this child was 12 at the time. And you would think that you would feel a kindred connection. I can't, I can't fathom with as much build that this has gotten in social media over the past year and a half that LeBron was not aware. I just don't see that. I don't, I, I, and I'm not calling him a liar, but I'm calling him a liar because I just, I can't fathom you not knowing and not, and you might not understand the facts of the case, like the facts, facts, but you're not gonna tell me that you've made it through this year or made it through this you know, past year and a half and didn't know who Tamir Rice was. Like, I I can't believe, especially in your hometown that you were going back to, you know, I, I, I can't, I, that I don't believe. Like I'm calling BS, I'm calling shenanigans on that. But in the same breath, I think that Tamir Rice's mom is a bit extreme and she got the wrong people. And I think I said this earlier, she got the wrong people in her ear telling her what she should be saying LeBron needs to do. Like, I understand the need for the voice. 
But then that's your job. You're his mom. You keep his you keep his legacy alive. You keep drumming in. You keep making those steps. You keep making those statements. You keep his memory in check. Like that's what you do. You going for the wrong goddamn team. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got you. I'll track a little. But bring it back right back home. I just I think that to ask LeBron to stop playing in protest, he didn't do that with the other ones. You know, he was he he did subtle movements. You know, the uh, the shirt. You know, the hood. You know, those key things. But how do you bring it to terms? You know, what representation do you have for Tamir? You know, there's no. You know, like I said, with you know Trayvon, people associated the Skittles and the tea. You know, Air Gardeners, the I can't breathe his last words. It's like we've taken you know portions of their tragedies and made slogans like. You know, having these shirts and I, that's a whole nother thing to me too, because the commercialization of these black tragedies or this mm. Black Lives Matter movement is a whole nother thing that I'm not about to get into, but it sickens me sometimes. But it's not LeBron's job. It really is right. That right there. But it's not LeBron's job. You know, it's the community's job and it starts with the parents. You know, so I just I can't I'm not mad at LeBron. But I, I just, I call bullshit on him not knowing. Like, I just, I can't see him not knowing unless he been under a rock and we know that motherfucker ain't been. Like, how do you not understand? And, and, and instead of coming out and telling me, well, I need some confirmation, you just say, well, I didn't know. But now that I'm aware, I think such and such. But I think it's more to it. I think you got somebody, some, I guess some of them hefty pockets or them people lining your pockets and kind of made you say, you might need to keep quiet on this one. Or, you know, there are probably a lot of other things that he got to think about home too. He got to think about his children. He got to think about the lavish lifestyle that he's leave, living. And he got to be able to maintain that shit because Savannah ain't going. So, hoes go step too. <laughs> so, <laughs> not necessarily calling you a hoe, Savannah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, this. You, not missing one of his livelihood. You can't expect that. That's too much of a. I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect that. I wouldn't expect that. If something happened to me, I'm not expecting people to stop working. I, I just. I'm not. That's realistic. That kind of is what it is. But now, nah, my nigga, you lied. Well, Anisha basically hit my point to a T. My thing is, um, yes, it had an inkling, but I think LeBron could have done something. But when you finish, I think it's a, a level of immaturity and a bit of pettiness for uh, his mother to come out and say, you know what, you, you should not play a game or you need to recognize my son. Like he said, you his mom, that's your job. It's my kids, my child. I, I don't need nobody else to campaign for my baby. That's gonna be my job. I'm gonna do that until the day I, 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 I die. And so I think it, it, it cheapens the moment, even if he had done something. The fact that you had to come out and beg him in front of the world to do it, it just kind of cheapens any effort he he could have done going forward. And so now it's just like, oh, she had to ask him to come out and do it. So, you know, he, he did it just because she asked. And and you look at the previous cases where like with Eric Garner and Trayvon Martin, where he just, he did it on his own without prompting. So I think, you know, for me, I feel like her focus is in all the wrong places. Like if your child is dead, LeBron can't bring your baby back. He can't. 
You need to be praying to God. You need to be in church asking for peace, peace of mind. And then you need to be fighting in the court to try to, you know, you know, win some justice for your child. But in the end, you going on national TV and begging some basketball players to stand up for your baby, that's stupid. I, I, this is just stupid to me. Um, her focus is in all the wrong places, but that about wraps up this segment, man. You know, this, I guess this is our serious segment. I don't even think I don't even take Bill Cosby serious. That wasn't even serious. That was that was comedy right there. But this was our serious segment, so we're gonna wrap this one up, and we will be right back in just a moment. Exactly who in the joint? Hot spots, city streets, lot spots and jeeps. As a flower, I'm Nile. Rivers are style. Fresh Yeah, stories complete. Fresh Rolling on the New York streets with them no pork beats. At the parliaments, sevens up, see no steel, no equal, but the sun and that's funky. On the plans with hooks, burn musk, wear cush. It's flat bush. Hear the mentor's instrumental, cause it's ash to dust. I like the hit lie deep. Keep fam tight, tight. Keep the vocal slickly. Any joint is strike. Let me fly. He's back the G's back with the R. Sun is in the clouds on loud. I got raised by the dim street lights of four cities. My heroes died in prison. George Jackson. 
action. She's butterfly and I'm cool iron and I rock snow low unless it's scrambler got in me and my honey. We be like Bobby and Erica, me and my money. We're her you pull up our empire. One love, gun love, come free the land with us. Fix they cannot shoot this person, creamy lavishness. Before I pop, I'd rather die in baggy gas and temps. And I put that on the BK, L-Y-N, and that's from gay. back with our final segment which is car toys and we're going to talk about the vh1 movie the breaks um which came on um january 4th um on monday night it got two points million viewers which is i guess pretty good hell i don't know um but it starred um wood harris What's the guy's name? Tristan Wilde. Yeah, child. I want to call that boy this plain old Mike. Yeah, Tristan Wilde. <laughs> um, or Matt Um, I forgot the girl name. I, I'm unprepared like a motherfucker. But <laughs> it's based off the book, um, The Big Payback, which was written by Dan Charnis, I guess. This is how you pronounce his last name. That's what I'm going to go with. Um, and it was is based on 1990. The main character Nikki um, moves. I'm I'm giving the movie away. So if you haven't watched, spoiler, spoiler alert. But um, she uh, was a graduate from George Washington. She moves to um, New York City to work for a very famous, I guess, uh, record label. Um, and she wants to work with rap artists and it kind of pretty much goes from there. Um, DJ Premier did the score for the movie, which was fucking fantastic. Um, and some of the battle rap scenes, um, no, most of the battle rap scenes were written by my cousin, um, in Jesus. <laughs> Fonte Coleman. Um, so we're going to get a round table of what everybody thought were. Everybody watched it? Yeah. Okay. I watched a little. Okay. Anisha watched a little bit. I watched it. Um, so let's just get everybody's thoughts on what they saw. Starting with Ted. 
I'd much rather keep my thoughts on this instead of watching my Grizzlies lose by 20. <laughs> well, I was watching the damn Grizzlies. <laughs> oh, football. Um, with all the trash on TV, man, like reality TV has just ruined TV for everybody. Um, dude, like, it's, it's ruining our kids. It just, it, it's hard to even watch TV. Like, I tell my friend, like, I wouldn't even pay for cable if it wasn't for ESPN and basketball and football games that come on ESPN and TNT. Like, that's the only reason why I have cable. Um, because every channel, every major channel is, is investing in reality TV and it's trash. So it's good to see a, a good movie that possibly will, that we hope will turn into a series um, with 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 good a good script, good, good uh, actors, and just a good... A good, uh, I guess, plot. Um, now, my favorite part again was the battle rapping. Um, I don't know if y'all seen the clip where Fonte kind of breaks down the verses that he uh, did for Old Boy. And the verses were just like sick. Um, I just enjoyed it, man. Like, I, I think it's, I more or less enjoyed it just because of my love for music. Like, I believe the acting could have been terrible, and I still would have loved it just because the music was so good. Um, and I'm, it's just a great story. Um, I don't really have any details to say about it. Um, I thought Method Man <laughs> had me dying. <laughs> man, like that man, I died. <laughs> like, he busted, did y'all see? He busted the main one is out and then he takes him back down the street and the coffee cup. And he made that like an idiot. <laughs> he was, that joint was so funny. Method Man played a very good a hood daddy. He played that joint good. Um, Wood Harris, always one of my favorite actors. I was telling somebody today, man. Wood Harris can play some hood, some hood roles. He uh he is the quintessential thug, aka the uh, dope dealer. But uh I think in this in this one y'all said he played. We played he played Puffy. Puffy. Oh no, Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons, yeah. Okay, but uh, but yeah, great movie. I hope it turns into a series. Then I have something to watch on TV weekly. Other than because I, I gave up on scandal and all that other nonsense, getting a bit ridiculous. Um, so yeah, hoping for the best people, man. Shout out to Fonte, you did an excellent job, bro. We letting the men go first this time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, 2016, huh? Aggressive. <laughs> but no, uh, just a, a couple of thoughts. I mean, the, the movie was excellent. I know, uh, me and Bridget and a bunch of us were kind of live tweeting it uh, when it first uh, came out. But uh, I was tripping off. Oh boy, uh, what was his name? Samson in the bathtub, like uh, during the. During the slow jam, like this dude was in the bathtub and they were holding mics over him and he's like doing slow jams and stuff. I was I was tripping off that. Um, yeah, it kind of reminded me. I was I was telling. Matter of fact, I was t- I, I tweeted Ted. I was like, it reminded me kind of like when back in the day when one on one was still like just straight R and B and they weren't like they just refused to play rap. Was it because one on one did that and then uh, WDIA did that for? Uh, of course, WDIA did that, but. One on one did that for a while, and uh, K97 was like, "Screw it, we'll, we'll play plenty of rap." And they, that's all they did. 
they pretty much just just ate up one on one. But uh, but yeah, I was tripping off dude just like in the bathtub, just chilling, like eating like feeding strawberries to the chicken. I, I was like, man, did they really do radio like that? Like I've heard of you know like live remotes and stuff like that. But that was just I, I was just tripping off of it. But um, but yeah, the movie itself was was good. I mean, Fonte uh, being like the hotepest of hotel uh, battle rappers. <laughs> that was, yeah, I mean that. <laughs> I mean, so that that was great. I mean, the whole thing was just good. the whole thing was just good. Uh, the only thing I didn't like, the only negative, I guess I, I would say. I mean, there was a few minor things, but the one big negative I had was just, was just the ending. You know, they ended at the nightclub. They played this song, and you know, and, and then it just kind of it, it was like, all right, what's next? Like it left you really, really want more. So, uh, you know, so I really do hope VH1, you know, makes this a series. Um, you know, as much as I appreciate uh, Cardi B, you know, there's only so much of Cardi B I can take on my uh, TV. So I, I really like a, a change of pace. So, um, but other than that, I mean, it was a great movie. I think if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Uh, it's definitely worth worth watching uh, for the music and then also for the um, just just everything. Wood Harris, uh, After Williams, who played the uh, who played Nikki Jones. I mean, the whole thing was just good. So, so those are my thoughts. All right, Nisha, what you got? Who is Cardi B? Girl, don't even worry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's, she's on forever. <laughs> she's on Love and Hip Hop, uh, New York. Okay. That's that's the- that, that's our thing. Like forever. Like you have to. I'll see you a clip. Okay, thank you. Um, I did some reading on it because I, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I forgot what I was doing. I might have been sick. That might have been the was you said January the fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was getting back to reality. So that was. That was, but I did see like a little bit. Like I think I saw the little clips I saw was the chick in the club when she threw the water in the guy's face, and that was uh, wood hair. She threw it in his face. I saw that clip, and I also saw when uh, poor uh, Meg Wild's character when they sent him the package back. He was like, "You suck." That shit is wet. I felt bad. For I was like, "Oh shit!" But I do, and, and just for someone who didn't watch it, I just I love the overall general concept concept of a I love music movies I like movies about the music like um what was it uh crush groove i loved crush groove you know and so the breaks was just looking at the trailer for it was reminiscent to me of crush groove because you just saw how def jam got it started and how russell simmons and you know l cool j beast boys kind of you know regroup and how they kind of got together and just like one of those origin stories for the music industry and i just like that because it just was reminiscent of that time we are kids of the 90s so it was just I like the overall concept. The loop clips that I did see were good. Uh, reading up on Fonte, and I already know them raps were sick. Like I, I don't even have to guess because he's really good lyrically. Like, and I'm just glad that he's getting credit, and not only credit that people like it's a bit, it's a larger spectrum that would have necessarily not listened to him and not tried to look for him that are now exposed to him. So I just I think that's really good, and maybe that'll open up a lot more doors. Or just, you know, and I've seen a lot of people give good reviews and want the part too. But I'm not set on it being a a series, like a TV show series, because I feel like after a while you run out of 
you know, material, but I think like a mini series or like, and that's the new thing. Now do like a 10 part mini series and just break it up into parts or extend the parts and do like something like that. I think that'll be great because then you can expound on the breaks and maybe the next mini series can be called something else. Like, I think that'll be that's something that's a little bit more softer to the palate. But I just, I like that. I like that VH1 did it. I'm glad that it was music driven. Just getting back to those standards because I'm, I'm still, you know, reflect the fact that MTV is music television, but they don't show shit related to music anymore. So. As a miniseries, I can see it going on and like, just start to introduce like, Artists that people have never heard of, and they can, you can give them roles in the show, like so, like you do with Fonte, give them cameos. You can get different people, different people to come in and write. I mean, I just, I think there's a lot of places you can go with it. Um, you have to be really calculated with the move, but I, mean, I can really see like taking off and being like, yeah. Uh, well, I never, I've never seen the episode in her. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I was cool. I was talking about something. But I was talking about oh, um, totally unrelated. But we talked about Lottery Girl before in Hot Sauce. We were just talking about her and the money, and you know her reason. She said he would do it for me. I said no, boo boo. He would not do it for you. Yo ass to be in jail, and then come back five years from now. That's my company. I want it. Yeah, I'm a boo boo kitty. You take all them kids. And I said, okay, and I said, well, I hope it ain't a Jamal up in there. Because he gonna be sliding his team in. <laughs> Sorry, this, we, we talk about Empire now. But, I, you know, I just, I, I, I'm not a fan. I don't watch TV that much anymore. So. Well, I like Empire, but it, it just, it was good. It's good and bad. I don't know how to describe it. It's just terrible, good-ass TV. I don't know. But anyway, this kid back to the break. Um, I enjoyed it. And I'm glad, to, I hope that it gets turned into a series. Because um, especially on VH1. VH1 is loaded with... Okay, yeah, basically. <laughs> basically, reality TV. Um, so that will be refreshing for the network to introduce something like this. And um, I was a little hesitant about it being on VH1, um, but VH1 does, you know, these types of movies well, with the exception of uh, what's, what's the joint they tried to do, the part two joint. Um, that- Band. Whatever, I can't think of what it was. This shit was bad. But they did a TLC movie pretty good. Um that was good. Um but yeah, it was it was good. Um I enjoyed it. I was glad for Fonte. We've had him on the show before. Um, if you hadn't, go back and listen. Um, but yeah, it was good. The, his his rap part was good. It was hilarious. Um, the the rap battle he did for Um and um, I forgot. I think Torrey. What's his name in the movie? Sig Sigler or something. Um, he wrote all of that. So that was fantastic. And also the acting was really well done. Wood Harris, Mac Wiles. Um, what's the girl name after? What's her name, Joe? After Yeah, her. Um, all of it was really good. So I hope to hear 
that it gets turned into a series that can be added to my DVR list so I can have something to watch. And um, like I said, I think it, it could be a better spin on Empire. Empire is basically like a fucking soap opera <laughs> at this point. But to me, it's a good soap opera. It's good trash. I, I don't mind. I need a little, little ratchet in my life. And that's my ratchet right there. Um, but any more thoughts about the breaks? No? Wow, Ted over here put his hands <laughs> in his head. <laughs> he is so upset about this Grizzly game. Um, but we'll be back with our, um, with our picks for the week. So stay tuned.
And we are back with our pop tune segment. And this again is our uh, picks for the week. And before we get into them, we want to always thank you guys for listening, for supporting, for just vibing with us. It would really be no us without you. It probably would be, but you know, I just have to say that to to make y'all feel better about listening. <laughs> we appreciate y'all. <laughs> no, but seriously, it, it, we we definitely appreciate it. We we do appreciate the feedback, the comments, just the follows, the shares. I mean, I, I'm usually amazed at the people that listen, and they are really listening, not just retweeting it, not just reposting it or sharing it. They are genuinely listening, and I thank you. Like I, we all thank you. So. But again, you know where to follow us. You know where to find us. I'm not going to go through that. If you're a first time listener, ask your friends. So, <laughs> it's in the list. Ignorant bitch here. God damn. Anyway. All right. All right, Joe. <laughs> What's your pick for the week? <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it sounds like the, that uh, Wendy Williams, Whitney Houston interview years ago. All right. Yeah, let's get back on time on task. Let's get back on track. All right. So my pick for the week is uh, uh, this is actually a young guy uh, by the name of Loyal Gardner. Uh, he is from South London. So this is uh, a pick from overseas. Uh, 20 years old. He'll be um, he's 20 years old now. But uh, the, the song that I picked this week uh, was actually a suggestion from a friend of mine who lives over there. Uh, she's a, She heard him a while ago. But the, the name of the song is Ain't Nothing Changed. Uh, he's, you can still kind of hear the, you know, the British accent, but it's a nice little cool, you know, chill little uh, song. You know, it's, real, it's got a real good vibe to it. And I've, I've been really impressed. I was listening to some of his other stuff. And I mean, he's a pretty good guy. So he's definitely going to be on my radar. So, all right. Um, I'm not going to offend anybody else. So, <laughs> who's got the next pick? Well, <laughs> Um It's me. And my pick is uh, The Greatest by King. They did a uh, pre-release or a pre-album purchase you could do. And when you pre-purchase the album, they downloaded a track. And they've also did a video for First off, these women are like kick-ass awesome. Each video they've done has been like a pixelated, you know, it's just like it's it's ten. No, I'm going to go here. And it's going to sound cheesy. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it is tantalizing for the eyes, the visuals that they provide. That sounds like a rhyme. Mm. Bars. <laughs> Bars. But the song is awesome. Um, the ladies are phenomenal. They're actually doing um, a little brief tour for the album release. Yes. Vinyl, they're going to, yeah, at Vinyl. And it's uh, February 29th. Um, if you are in the ATL area, they've also got the listing on their website. It's weareking.com. Um, but the song is the greatest. And it's awesome. These motherfuckers are singing, singing about a race. 
I told somebody they could send me my collection notices and I would just be like, I'm gonna pay them. But I ain't got no money. I'm just glad they come. I am finally. Yes, they are. They are underrated and and but they are pre-order awesome. the album, y'all, because I know it's it, pre-order it. Trust us, yeah, listeners, my bad. Yes, I'm sorry, listeners. When you listen to it and and you're gonna love it, go back. You can listen to. They've got a couple other songs. My story was good, supernatural, and I think our listeners are. I think they probably have, but just go back and you know buy that album. You know, support all these artists, not just King, but just all these artists. You know, I, I, we've been putting y'all on. You're welcome. So, man, what? Tell me we had. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, right. Niggas didn't know. Shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we is tripping. We gonna yeah. make it through. <laughs> At the end. Okay, Ted, but what was your pick? What's your pick for the week? My pick for the week is uh, it's a throwback from like, like 2003, 2004, but it's uh, Martin Luther's uh, uh, Daily Bread. Um, I just remember post college, uh, I was renting a house with my homeboy in the video. Y'all remember back in the day we used to watch VH1 Soul when it was actually good. Mm-hmm. Well, it was pretty good, man. But they used to play all the dope videos. But uh, I remember that video came on. It was just dope. And then Nona Gay was in the video, which is Marvin Gaye's daughter. She's always been fine to me. But um, that, that really caught my attention. But the song is dope. And ironically, what made me think about the song this week was uh, Wood Harris is in the video playing, uh, I think he's playing the bass guitar in the video. Uh, he's vibing out with the roots of Quest Love and a couple other guys. But um, yeah, it's a really cool track. It made me think about it. I've been playing it all week since I saw the breaks earlier this week. So hey, that was my track. Hi, Bridget Boo. And I am wrapping it up. Um, I think I have not picked the rap song, <laughs> but I was like, it's probably time. I do listen to some rap, um, not as much as I used to, but um, the song I picked is Put It On Her by Big Grams, um, and it's featuring Big Boy. Um, really like this song. It's just real chill, real vibe. I be vibing to it while I'm driving, you know, kind of bobbing my head. Um, I just, I don't know how I got introduced to the song. Yes, I do. I was listening to a podcast and they played it on theirs. And I was like, well, let me find out what the hell this is. And I added it to my Spotify list. So, um, it's cool. Um, I think the name of the album is self-titled Big Grams. He got a song on there with one of jewels. So check them out. Um, check the song out. And that's it. So that's it. (laughs) it's like okay who's coming next that would be me to wrap it up so again thank you guys for listening and um thank you for always vibing and uh tune in for the next episode of epb broadcast and we are out we out this bitch epb new podcast new people some shit new year new podcast yeah that's it New podcast, who this? <laughs> uh, check. Uh, I kind of miss my.
student loan uh, Up men sitting in the student home Sharing stories now I sim and sipping sort of roam Walking like I've been talking the talk but can't afford a phone Trust I'm all alone panicking to play it safe This talk of paper chase is forcing me to stay awake Living this layer cake where others will say it straight Say they got my back and that they're praying I'ma pave the way Like it's the great escape brothers doing better than me I'm in a hurry worry what if they forget about me I'm just another number nothing when the check will bounce See I went moving for money but there's nothing but debt around me So when the rest have found me bugging in the brain And I'm somewhere between the struggle and the strain They ask why every fucking song the fucking same And I tell them it's cause ain't nothing changed Saying ain't nothing changed Check. I'm saying ain't nothing changed Trust cause ain't nothing changed Saying ain't nothing changed Nah cause ain't nothing changed I'm saying ain't nothing changed uh, I'm saying ain't nothing changed Brother cause ain't nothing changed Saying ain't nothing changed Nah cause ain't nothing changed Cause this is for the men of the house who were far too young See your friends are going out before you can't do none You're raising funds for your mother and you can't do sons Up in the rubble raising trouble what you can't do is run And trust I feel it, I feel it but can't conceal it See this inner city responsibility's killing me I start to shiver when I think of all the shit I need And see all my brothers burning paper on that sticky greed Picking the thickest leaves stuck in the mist Saying this shit I should have quit but couldn't fucking resist And now they sit with a lark, a little luck and a wish But trust they still blow their mother a kiss They're living up in the bits and slip sniper through the puddles in the pain Somewhere beneath the rubbles in the rain uh, They gasp why every fucking song the fucking same And I tell them it's cause ain't nothing changed Saying ain't nothing changed I'm saying ain't nothing changed Trust cause ain't nothing changed Saying ain't nothing changed Nah cause ain't nothing changed I'm saying ain't nothing changed I'm saying ain't nothing changed Brother cause ain't nothing changed Saying ain't nothing changed Nah cause ain't nothing changed
out here. We out here. We out here. We out here. Molly world. So I propose a toast crown, black and apple juice. It's all about that crown life. No clown life, but attitudes well. Unless it's Ice Cube, Dr. Drake, easy. I'ma be a nigga for life. Please believe me. It's just your friendly neighborhood. Daddy fat from Decatur to East Point. My name good in that dad.